This is the Tactical Leader Podcast, where we're on a journey of self-mastery and true leadership. I believe that in order to lead others, you must first be able to lead yourself. And in order to lead yourself, you have to first know yourself. If you want to learn the tactics to get to know yourself, to lead yourself, and to lead others, stay tuned to hear from industry experts as I unpack the tactics that they've used to build their business, build culture, and lead others. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of The Tactical Leader. Today I have the pleasure of speaking with Jennifer Wright, and we're going to talk a little bit about her organization, ExecuWrite, and how she helps people bring their thoughts, their journey into a book. Before we begin, I remind you this show is brought to you by Nightly Productions. If you are a content creator that wants to create tactical content that delivers, head over to nightly.productions to find out how we can help you discover, embrace, and share your voice, then create the tactical content that delivers for you. Again, that's nightly.productions. Jennifer, welcome to the show. Thank you. So super excited to have you here. Obviously, there's a lot of synergies between us here in Atlanta. We're in person. We're recording at the wonderful Buckhead Club, and there's a lot of synergies. I want to give the audience a little bit of background on you, where obviously right now, by the time this airs, my book will be hopefully almost done and ready to be published. So you're helping me with my book. Mm -hmm. But a big piece of that is your experience. You have 25 years in Fortune 500 companies from everything from professional copywriting to executive coach. That led you into ExecuWrite, which is obviously a, a play on your back last name, Wright, but also the executive piece. And you also have the Author's Way podcast, which we launched about six months ago now or mm-hmm. so, yeah. which is all about the author's journey and how they get to really where I'm at. I'm in the middle of it. So I definitely want to dissect that a little bit with you today. Before we dive into more of that and how we got to where you are today, what's a fun fact that we might not know about you? So outside of the writing, a fun fact would be that I am a comedian. I call myself an amateur comedian. I'm not actually like pursuing paid gigs, but I've done about eight, nine shows now. And it's just a fun thing to do. And I forewarned you. um, So for the audience knowledge, I've been to several of these shows. Mm -hmm. My favorite piece you talk about is the Southern woman, because it's pretty much every woman I've ever dated. And you call them out. You're from Southern Alabama. So you start talking about different pieces of it. But I'm not going to ruin your whole skit and your whole piece of that. Tell us a joke outside of that. Okay. So like you said, I grew up in Alabama, grew up on a farm. Had a very old school grandfather and he used to tell me, you know, we'd be on, we'd be on the farm and I wasn't a fan of doing much of the farm work. So he would tell me, now, Jennifer, if you don't learn how to dress chickens and slop the hogs, you ain't ever going to find a husband. Well, he was right. I didn't. And that was the best advice anyone ever gave me. So you can't slop hogs. Can't I can't slop. Now I can't slop the hogs, but I refuse to dress the chickens. Which I don't even know what that means. And my parents have chickens. So well, we don't have to talk about it. Yeah. It's not fun. It's not pretty. Yeah. <laughs> so outside of the farm, obviously you, you went a different direction with your life. You're not a farmer. I'm not at least a farmer. that we know of. But you also went into the executive world. What was that first position you had, that first leadership position you had, if you look back to the early days of your professional life, what was that first moment you recognized there's a leadership quality or you wanted to be a leader in a capacity? So, you know, I really kind of fell by accident into corporate. I was an English teacher. And when I moved to Atlanta, that's what my goal was. Well, it didn't quite work out at first. And so I started temping. And the two-week job that I took with, it was GTE at the time. You may not remember that. That was Verizon. It's now Verizon. Yeah. (laughs) So my two-week job turned into, I don't know, four years. 
And I never, never considered, never thought about going into that type of job. And it just kind of happened. What I discovered that I liked there was process. I started out, amazingly enough, I started out doing coding. So I don't even know how I did that. (laughs) It was what they needed at the time and I was willing to do it. But I ended up in their training department Mm -hmm. and doing their training documentation and doing some training. And everything was around process. So teaching people how to do, you know, developing the process and teaching people how to perform the process. And that just became very interesting to me, helping people, really helping people do their jobs better. And so that, and then I ended up in project management, which is really managing the process. So everything, you know, in kind of in my corporate life kind of evolved around that. And it it just became very interesting and fulfilling to be able to go in and take a really bad process, a very inefficient process, and turn it around into something that was much better so that people didn't have to work so hard and they didn't have to they didn't have to take so many steps to get something done. And so it was so interesting to me and it was just very fulfilling to be able to help the organization and help the people in the organization by doing that. And is this is fall in the realm of Six Sigma and the Lean yes, Operations? Six Sigma is a methodology that you use with process. There's quite a few methodologies. Project management is a methodology. Scrum is a methodology. So there's several different ways that you can approach it. At the end of the day, it leads to faster, more efficient processes more efficient. across the spectrum of not cost just coding, savings. obviously. Yeah. So, I mean, it creates a lot of stuff. It creates, you know, cost savings for the company. It creates easier jobs for the people that are working in the company. And I actually, I've had a number of instances when I'm working with someone and they're talking about how hard their job is, that they'll actually turn to me and say, I feel like I just went through a a therapy session because people get so stressed with their jobs. And it's because there's so much, so many pieces of their jobs that are just so hard. And, you know, if you can bring some ease to that, you know, take out some of those unnecessary steps and some of that bureaucracy that they have to deal with. And, yeah. and you've now moved that into ExecuWrite, where you're focusing on helping people write and working on the publishing piece of it, where you're going to right. be publishing books. And there's a process attached to that we've explained that you've explained to me in an efficient way. Tell us how you got to that point. Where did you go where you realized beyond processes, you wanted to bring that to discovering people's voices. You want to help people mm-hmm. discover their voice. How did that come about where now you see this shift into entrepreneurship, business ownership, and mm-hmm. focusing there, getting like the voice into a written word? So it started out as an executive coach. And I really wanted to bring change management and efficiency and helping executives to, my goal was to really help executives to make their employees happier, to help them become happier in their jobs. Because I believe that everyone deserves a job that they love. And so it kind of morphed into the more I I spoke to executives, the more I discovered that one of the things that they really wanted was to be able to share their expertise and, you know, working with business owners and working with entrepreneurs, they wanted to be able to share their expertise and their stories and their ways that they could use that to help build their business and bring visibility to their, what they were trying to do. So it kind of morphed from that into the book writing. I had helped a friend of mine back in 2014. She approached me and she said, you know, you have this writing background. Can you help me get my book done? So we did that and we worked on her book. We got her first book published. 
about a year and a half ago, we published her second book. And, you know, she kept telling me, she said, you really need to do the book writing. And I was kind of, you know, pushing her off. I was kind of ignoring her. But the more people I talked to, the more I discovered that there was just a need. And people find the process very intimidating. Yes. And if I could bring a simplicity to it and help people understand that it's it's it doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't have to be frustrating. It doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to take a long time. Then, so I really found that I could bring my project management, my process background, marry it with my writing background and really kind of create something to help people very simply and easily. So it's all about systems, you know, putting a system in place so that, so that you can very easily and quickly or as quick as you want to get your book done. And what's mm-hmm. funny is we talk about this, I think back to our strategy session, and it's funny how we developed this. I've talked, I mean, mm-hmm. we've been around each other for almost a year now right. here in, in Buckhead. And I told you I wanted a book. I thought about a book. There's all these books I wanted to write. Not even all these. There's one book I wanted to write. And you knew I had several different things I was working on. And in June, I made a bunch of posts. And it was kind of diving into a course that I'll be relaunching about different content about self-love and how to care for yourself. And you're like, you know, that's like 30 posts and you have a book right there. Just expand on that. And I'm like, yeah, you're full of shit, essentially, is what I said. I'm like, ah, yeah, cool. Because, uh, you know, my business mentor, Michael Coles, we've talked about his book. We've talked about, he and I have talked about how his process was. Mm-hmm. And it was arduous. And he... Literally, I talked to him the other day, and he's like, how quick did you write that? Because all of a sudden, you have a book. And I'm like, oh, I don't know, about 10 hours. He's like, you're joking, <laughs> right? And I want to highlight how your process has brought that to fruition for me, where you said, oh, there's your posts. Expand on that. And they're like, I'm like, ah, you're full of shit. And you're like, no, nope, watch. We'll do a strategy session. I'll show you. And when we walk into the strategy session, I want to <laughs> talk about this because we've never talked about this part. <laughs> walk into the strategy session, and you have these sticky notes and all this shit all over this table and I'm like, uh, this does not look like a process to me. Mm-hmm. And as you were setting it out in a way that you could talk me through it, mm-hmm. tell me about these strategy sessions. How did you take somebody like me that generally is very process oriented when it comes to the operations of business? It makes sense. Mm-hmm. When it came to my own words, I didn't see how those posts were a book. I didn't see how it could have been expanded into something that we're working on now. How do you take that? somebody that's scattered a, a visionary in this capacity to here's a strategy session, all right, move forward. And two, I told you two weeks later, I'll have the book ready. You're like, yeah, okay. And you, you kind of like, yeah, that's not going to happen. And then two weeks later, I had the book ready because you were able to summarize my thoughts so well. How do you treat those strategy sessions? What does that look like where it kind of encapsulates everybody's big vision into, all right, here you go. You know, it's no, it's really not much different than I imagine when you were getting ready to start your business, you sat down and you thought through what this is going to look like. On a napkin, I wrote out my first business plan. Well, if that's what works for you, <laughs> yeah. I'm obsessed with office supplies and sticky notes and markers and flip charts. And so I'm a little obsessed. I find the sticky notes very helpful for brainstorming. And, you know, it's just a way to just get your thoughts out. And half of the stuff I write down doesn't make any sense and it gets thrown away. But it's just getting, you just, you have to get it out of your head and somewhere, whether it's writing it down on sticky notes, writing it down on a pad of paper, recording it, walking around and just recording your thoughts. You just have, you have to get it out. And not everything you say or everything you write down is going to be brilliant, but you have to get the crap out. (laughs) 
to get to the good stuff. So that's what I found. That's why I use the sticky notes because it's a brainstorming method for me. I get a pad of sticky notes and I just start one idea per note and just start, you know, putting them down. And then I parse through it and get pull the good ideas out. It's just a way just to brain dump, get it out of your head. And what I love this about this is I was essentially brain dumping and you already knew a lot of what I was wanting to do because you'd seen the content. So it was like the brain dump was there and then you were able to take it into a way that made sense. Mm -hmm. And then we're able to regurgitate that to me and be like, this is what you do. And made it kind of a very simple process where out of that, I hate you so much for this, but out of that came a book, a workbook, a journal, and two other books. And it's not just in my mind, I'm like, oh, I don't even know what I'll write about. It's like, all right, here are five things for the next two years you're going to be working on. That's why I hate you. But also, it's awesome because it's something I've wanted to do for so long. That process broke it down so clearly for me. And it was really fascinating to watch you work in a way that I'm looking, I'm like, this is chaotic. But it was like organized chaos to you because that's your process. Are you mm-hmm. teaching this process? Are you coaching people through this process? What's your most efficient way if the audience, if somebody in the audience is listening, they want to say, oh, I want to I have a book I want to write. How would you work that through with them if it's on Zoom or remote or virtual? It's the same thing. You have a bunch of sticky notes. Explain how that process would work. Well, there's a little bit of individuality to it. So I try to get to know the person I'm working with to kind of see what works for them. I do like that method. So, And that's typically how we start out. We start out with a brainstorming session and our strategy session and really just work through what have you got. I love working with someone who already has content. Now, I'm not saying you have to already have content, but you can start from anywhere. But if you've got blog posts, if you've got social media posts, if you've got articles that you've written, you already have a bunch of content that you can start with. And it may not be exactly what you want to go into the book, but it's your thoughts that you've already put down on paper. So, and I even tell people if they're not quite ready to get started on a book yet, start a blog. Mm. Just start a blog. Just, you know, once a week, once every couple of weeks, write down something that you're thinking about. And eventually you have enough, you'll have enough content for a book. So it's really just kind of finding out what they've got in their head, finding out what they want to do, finding out how they want to use the book, because there's a lot of different ways to use the book. Most people think about book sales. Book sales to me is like the least that you can do. There's something we've talked about mm-hmm. where the intentionality for me is not necessarily, I'm going to make a million dollars. I'm not JK Rowling. I'm not going to make a mm-hmm. million billion dollars off of a book. That's not the intentionality for this. Yeah. Multi-purpose for trying to get this message into the veteran community, but also be able to also speak. Because when you have a book, it gives you like a, essentially a leverage point, kind of like a podcast, right? Mm-hmm. gives you a leverage point to say, hey, here's where my level of expertise is and what my expertise is in. You can read it for yourself. You can listen to it for yourself on a podcast. And it gives you a leverage point to further your message. Yes. And that's mm-hmm. what people should look at is essentially like, how do you further your message? Is it book sales that you're going after? And we talked about this when we launched a podcast. I'm like, if you want to make a million dollars after a podcast this year, I'm not your guy. But if you want to leverage this into awareness right. and all these other pieces, networking, that's is that how you promote books? Like try to help people understand like that's the best utilization. Don't just think book sales. Think the bigger world of what you're capable of doing with the book. Yeah. So one of the things that we're really starting to work through is how do you set your book up so that it is a marketing tool for whatever it is you're promoting? So whether you're promoting a program whether you're an executive and you're wanting to move into like a C-suite or a CEO position and you you want something to make you, make you stand out from the rest of the crowd. 
whether you're a speaker and you want to get on larger conference stages, really using it and finding ways to use it to promote whatever it is that you're promoting. You can make, you can use the book, help you make so much more money than just the book sales um, by doing that. And also we're really looking at how do we build the book? And this is what you're doing. You're building the book, you're building the other tools, you're, you've built a program so in all of it aligns. So really kind of looking at how can we build companion pieces? So it's not just a book that I'm going to go out and sell. It's also all of these other, all of these other pieces that you can promote and make and even build a business around it. Is there a resource that you stumbled upon once upon a time that you really loved that has kind of driven you to this? A, a book, a podcast, something that like ignited this thought process of how you can translate this for you? What was that like kicking point of like, all right, this is something we can do? I don't, I think it's something that's just kind of evolved. I decided years ago that I wanted to become a professional copywriter. And there was, there's a gentleman by the name of Bob Bly. And he wrote a couple of books on how to make money as a copywriter. So I read his books and that's what got me interested initially into, I've been a writer since I was, since I could write. <laughs> I've written stories, I've written stuff down, but never, and then I became an English teacher. When I stopped teaching, I just thought I was done with that. I mean, I still wrote, but I thought I was done with that. But then I discovered this whole professional copywriter world. And I'm like, I can make money as a writer. And so I got into that. Now I ended up stepping out of that and going back into corporate, but it was always kind of there. It was always kind of, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to really become a professional writer. There's, you know, a big draw with corporate because it's steady income and it's, you know, so, so I did and I enjoyed it. But there was always this, I'm going to step back out and I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, be a professional writer. So this method is really just kind of evolved. I've, I've, there was never anything that says you can do it and you can do it this way. So the process around, you know, building a program around your book, that has just come to me in the last few months because, you know, I, I was just thinking about how I think a lot about the ROI of the book. What is the return on investment? How can you track? what the book is doing for you outside of book sales. And that's one of the things I've really been working on is putting some processes in place so book writers can really see and track their metrics around. And so this came up as a way that, oh, it's another way that we can track the metrics around how, how what the book is doing for you and what the return on investment is. And I've seen that with the podcast guesting world, because there are a lot mm -hmm. of people that say being a guest on podcasts is not as uh, not effective means to do things. And I'm like, you're not tracking what right. those pieces are, the third order effect, right? right. It's a little bit different in this world when you're on stage and you have that in-person connection, which is why I love doing this. It's different. You see the direct correlation attached to, right? In the podcasting world and the book world, it's a little bit different where you have to have the strong call to action, that next step, mm -hmm. the course, a workbook like we're doing. It's that strong call to action for that next step to keep the audience engaged overall as community. Have you thought about that piece or do you recommend that piece of like use this to build the community around? Yes. Because at the end of the day, you look at, Lord, I grew up Lord of the Rings. I read all the Lord of the Rings and then The Hobbit. And there was a community around those mm -hmm. books, right? Harry Potter, there's a community, right? Almost a movement of sorts. Star Wars, you yeah. know? What does that look like for an author? And give some insights of this community piece around a book and an overall movement and how that plays a piece. So that's, I'm glad you brought that up. That's a big part of it. 
So in order to really promote your, whatever it is that you're trying to promote with your book, and if it's just the book, then it's, just, it's the book, then that's what you're promoting. So you do have to get eyes on it. You have to get people involved. So the community is a big piece of that. So you know this, that I'm kind of reaching beyond just book writing and building out really more of a full-service publishing company. And that's that's a big piece of it is not only do we want to help write the books. I mean, we could, you know, I could work with people and help them to write great books. And I tell people, I'm like, I won't let you write a crappy book. That's one of the goals is you don't get a crappy book. But if we can really work together, we can build all the pieces out and make sure that you're not only because promoting marketing a book is it's not easy. If you're just going after book sales, marketing a book is not easy. Even if you have even if you have like one of the big publishing houses, they actually look at you and look for your audience and look at you to do a lot of the marketing. Exactly. Exactly. That's why you see people that are already kind of celebrity status writing their books. They already have a big following. It's not that overnight success move, right? Right. Just because you write a book and go to a publishing house doesn't mean you're instant celeb. Right. I mean, there's a lot of work that goes into it. So why not make all of that work work for you in a broader sense? Use it to to get people into your program. Use it to, you know, help your business become, you know, more recognized. Use it to help you get on on the bigger stages. And the community is a big part of that. You get people into your community and now you've got even a bigger audience than the people that you're speaking in front of. And so then all of those people that you get into the community, they become, you know, potential leads for you or they become they become your audience for your next book. But now you can't just build the community and let it sit there. That's right. just another piece of the another piece of the puzzle. You have to feed the community. Yes. Yeah. And one thing that I, I want to highlight about this and how this all ties back into leadership as a whole, mm-hmm. you're leading high level people through this journey that can be very personal, through this journey that can be very frustrating at times, mm-hmm. as we heard from Michael, a very frustrating process when he was going through his because there was so much stuff over his years. And we had a conversation, I mean, I, I laugh about it because you were so nervous to kind of bring it up where you're very honest about, hey, you just said, you're not going to get a bad book. Whatever it is, I'm going to guide you away mm-hmm. from being a bad book. I um, mean, it was almost like you were nervous to have the conversation with me of, are you open to feedback that you may or may not like about the book? And one of the things you said is that it's a very heavy book. There's a lot of talk about my military experience. Some of the things as people are reading it, you were concerned it might be too heavy and that it might drive people too far down a path we don't want them to go, right? It might be Mm -hmm. triggering, might be too much deep content. What I love about that conversation is the honesty you brought attached to that, where you're guiding me in a direction where, yes, it's getting the story across, but it's also helping me craft my voice more attached to how to articulate these things, how to storytell, essentially, mm-hmm. in a way that is uplifting at the end, not just, mm-hmm. hey, I'm going to tell you all the stuff that happened, right? Have you seen people push back in that? Have you had issues with people that, nope, this is my story, this is how it is, and they just get hard-nosed about it? Or how do you lead people in that way of like getting their story in a way that will correlate with the audience in the way they want it to? Well, that's one of the things. It's, it is an individual process. There's a way to put pieces together in the system that kind of works for the system. But we're also dealing with people. And 
people, it is a an extraordinarily brave thing to do to tell your story and to put your story out there. I don't care what your story is. To be open and honest and put yourself out there, it, it's a very brave thing to do. So you have to kind of recognize that. And it's not my book. It's your book. So I can provide guidance and advice. But at the end of the day, it's your book. It's your story. So I want what I want to do is I want to make sure that people are some of my feedback may be taken as because I'm sharing my story. It may be taken as a criticism of me and my story. And that's not the intention. The intention is to just help people tell their story in the best way possible. So that's why I always ask the question up front. I want to gauge how open someone is to taking feedback. And if I feel like they're not as open, then I adjust my feedback to make sure that, and maybe what they need from me is I just want someone to make sure my all my grammar is right. That's the editing piece of And it. if that's what they want, that's what I'll help them with. They may not want, they may feel like their story is what they want it to be. And I, re- I have to respect that because it's not my book, it's theirs. And what's what's funny about that, I've been posting a lot about mm-hmm. this process and us doing things. And I can't tell you how many people, just because I'm authoring a book, mm-hmm. doesn't mean I'm a freaking writer. Nor does it mean I'm editing my book, nor mm-hmm. does it mean I'm doing all this. I've gotten so many grammar police people. Oh, you misspelled something in, in your mm-hmm. post. You misspelled this, you did that, move the period. I'm like, I'm not editing the book. And that's something to highlight, I think, like, I'm not an English major. I wasn't an English teacher. Didn't enjoy English class. Like, it was not my thing. So it's not that you have to worry about the perfection piece of it, the perfection paralysis that we suffer from in so many different capacities. I don't have to write a perfect book. Together, we can create this perfect book attached to what we want to get out. And that editing, the grammar, don't let that piece stop you. Because to me, initially, that was the overwhelming piece. Like, oh, I have to write something that makes a lot of sense. And you were helping me edit it in a way that actually makes sense. Whereas in my mind, it might not have, right? As I put it on paper. And I love that you're coaching and guiding people in this way. And I'm really curious as you're doing this and you're helping people discover their voice, put it on paper, put it in a book. What's a legacy you want to leave by helping these leaders put their voice out there more? That's really the legacy is just helping. I love storytelling. I'm Southern. We're storytellers. <laughs> Sweet tea. So yes, porch. yes. I love telling stories, but I also believe the stories teach us. I love failure stories as much as I love success stories because the failure stories, that's where we learn. That's where we develop. And I think it's very helpful to our audience to know that we've all had failures and, you know, I recognize it. And this is what I did to, this is what I did to work it out. I think those are really big teaching tools. And so that's one of the things I really love doing is helping people not only tell their story, but help to show the lessons in the story, the progression, the development, you know, how I built this business or how I built my career or, you know, whatever it is, wherever your story goes. So, you know, I love the memoirs, but I really love using, I call it kind of a memoir plus teaching. So where you use the memoir stories to really teach the younger generation or whoever's coming next to, you know, and even having tools, providing tools and providing, you know, tips and different things. This is what I learned from my experiences. So that's, I think, is really the legacy that I want to leave is how do we take 
everyone has expertise. Everyone has skills. Everyone has their own unique methods and, you know, what has, what they have done to help make themselves successful. And I want to help people share that with the next generation or whoever, you know, whoever they want to share it with. I love that. Yeah. It's memorializing. Yes. Yes. Helping people leave their legacies. I love that. I want to give the audience an opportunity, your podcast, your content, everything that you're doing out there. If they want to reach out to you and figure out how to write their book the Mm -hmm. best, give us all the information where we can find you. So the podcast is called The Author's Way, A Journey to Finding Your Voice. And it, I really focus, I interview a lot of authors and I talk about their process and how, you know, how they got started and what they did while they were going through the process. It's really to help other people learn, you know, what's, what works well or maybe didn't work. Didn't work well, yes. (laughs) Um, I also have, I'm getting ready to, it's going to be launching in a couple of weeks a new course for book writing. There's an online course, there's strategy sessions, there's coaching sessions that'll be available. So that's all on my website, execurite.com. And I'll spell it for you. It's E-X-E-C-U-W-R-I-G-H-T.com. It's a playoff my name. So yeah, so that's that's... Where we can find you all the way around. Yes. Love it. Yes. I definitely encourage everybody, go check out Jen. Obviously, you're doing amazing things, helping me do amazing things. And come back for Tactical Friday. We're going to break down the top couple tips to actually move this forward. So, awesome. Jen, thanks for your time. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Tactical Leader Podcast. If this episode helped you along your journey of self-mastery and has inspired you to do more, I challenge you to head over to myvoicechallenge.com so you can find out how you can discover your voice, claim your independence, and build that thriving business that you've always wanted. Again, that's myvoicechallenge.com.